Get that going. Alright. Oh shit, I gotta turn my AC off. Ah. Alright, my AC is off. These are the sacrifices I do for you people. Alright, you guys ready to start this one? Yep. Yep. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Alright everyone, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 28. We are the, uh, the UHM Horror Podcast, formerly. And we are still the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. And if anyone would like to get in touch with us to recommend uh, episodes or movies to watch or just random nonsense, you can hit us up at UHMPod at gmail.com is, is the best way to get hold of us via email. Joining me again, as always, is my co-host, uh, Mr. Mike Whittemore and Mr. Shane Smith. Gentlemen, how are we doing this day? I is good. Very well. Excellent, and I'm not going to pretend that we aren't recording this the same day we recorded the last one. So, <laughs> do you guys have uh, anything interesting that's been going on that you had not mentioned in the last episode? Um, no, not really. Uh, no. Nothing new. Alright, well, since, since I used my last one, and I planned this in advance, um... For for pure shout outs to other great uh great horror uh horror themed things. Um I'm gonna use this episode to talk about a couple things I have been watching. So last night I sat down with Elisa and we watched uh From Beyond and she hasn't seen this one before. You guys know From Beyond? Yep. Of course. It Yes. It's a uh, it's a classic eighties um HP Lovecraft adaption, uh starring Jeffrey Combs. Um and uh, done by uh, Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian Usna did this one again, right? Stuart Gordon, uh, reanimator. Stuart uh, yeah, Gordon. Brian Usna. Brian Usna uh, did the effects. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Um. So we watched that again last night, and I haven't seen this one probably in about I'm gonna say seven or eight years, somewhere around there. And I was surprised on how it wasn't as well adapted as Reanimator was. I remember really liking this before, but I feel like it didn't hit all the marks I was expecting it to. Um, and I feel like they they tried to keep some aspect some aspects of the original story together that um, I don't know if they necessarily worked in the modern 1980s setting they had. And I also feel like um, the sort of modern stuff that they injected did not work with the original story. I just don't think it was it held together as well as something like Reanimator did. Um, but yeah, it, it was all right. Elisa did not like it at all. She was like, "That was dumb," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't have a whole lot of defense for it, honestly. So, I like the movie, <clears throat> but it, it's weird that you said that because uh, Val and I watched it a few months ago. 
And I remember loving it the first time I watched it. And then when I watched it the second time, I, I still liked it, but it wasn't as good as the first time I saw it. Yeah, and, and that's that's the killer thing. Like, So the Reanimator movies, I've seen Reanimator 1, I don't know, dozens and dozens of times. It's one of my favorites. I love that movie, and I find something awesome every time I watch it. This, not the same at all. Uh, it just didn't have that same aspect for me. Great effects, and it's an H.P. Lovecraft story. In fact... The stories themselves, I like this H.P. Lovecraft story better than the Reanimator one, um, in terms of just pure Lovecraft. But uh, I just don't think they did a good enough job making this adaption. And actually, the more I was thinking about it, I think this is a movie that could benefit for a remake. I think it's something that they could do better now, and like. If you put a little bit of budget into this, you could even have it take place in the time period that Lovecraft had written the movie for, you know, back in the uh, early 1900s. And I think it would fit a lot better and be way more interesting um, than sort of the, the 80s, more schlocky version that they had. I could see that. What do you think, Shane? What do you, what do you think about From Beyond? It's been years since I've seen that, honest, to be quite honest. Um with you, I think I'm trying to think of the last time I actually watched it. I think it may have been in the early nineties. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I can always remember. I always remember watching it and thinking it was it was kind of cool. But I was just. I mean, they had a lot of cool stuff in it. There's there's positives to be sure. You got Ken Foree in it. I mean. And he plays pretty much the most badass character. He's fucking awesome in this movie. And, you know, anybody that's a Dawn of the Dead fan, it's got to love seeing him kick some ass in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Barbara Crampton's in it again, another reanimator um, holdover. And, you know, she does a pretty good job, but she ends up turning into this, like, psychotic, over-sexualized, um, like, doesn't make any... Any of the actions she takes are really stupid in the movie. And you don't end up, like, feeling bad for her at all. The one positive I'll give it, and this is a spoiler for the, for the movie, but, like, not, not that she ends up getting it at the end, but she doesn't come away unscathed in the movie. And I think that's r something that's really fun in this movie, that everybody gets a little bit of shit thrown at them at the end. Like, everyone gets hurt or gets something, uh, either, either killed off or whatever, but... Um, I like that that uh, not everyone came away, came away from the end of the movie like, I made it, everything's fine. I jumped out the window from that explosion <laughs> and nothing happened to me. But um, I don't know. Hard time recommending it uh, unless you're looking for some classic 80s gore. I know Scream Factory's got a great release of it and the video transfer is amazing. And, you know, all the effects and everything that are in it are classic 80s and done really well. The music is okay and it's... um. Charles Band's brother, who I'm blanking on his name right now, um, the say he's he he's he's done a bunch of classic full moon movies and stuff for music and whatnot, but he also did the Reanimator music, and the Reanimator music is so much more iconic than the music in this one, and I just feel like the, the problem with it is being an H.P. Lovecraft oh. adaption, starring Jeffrey Combs, having Barbara Crampton in it, same director, same writer as this other movie, and it does not come close to holding a candle to the other movie because they're going to draw comparisons to each other. So, 
I don't know, a little bit of a negative. Maybe worth checking out if you're a big Lovecraft fan or if, like me, you're a huge Jeffrey Combs fan. I'll watch pretty much anything with him. But that was interesting. I also watched this other one called The Hearse. Um, it was released recently um, by Vinegar Syndrome, who is a, uh, a, a Blu-ray release outfit. They're actually out of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and they do a really good job releasing really shitty movies. And um, this one's kind of no exception to that rule. It's not a great movie, but it looks really good. Um, it's about a woman who moves out to this um, more podunk town out in the woods um, to get away from a big city life, which is driving her crazy, apparently. And she thinks that she's being stalked, and there's this hearse that's following her around, and there's some sort of uh, demonic thing going on in the town, she's, she thinks. And it's one of those movies that, oh, is this actually happening, or is it all playing in her head? Or is someone sort of trying to manipulate her to make her think that this is all happening? Um, it was kind of interesting, but it didn't really hold my attention the entire time I was watching it. I ended up, like, just browsing Facebook and shit, but that was pretty good. So, I don't know. Maybe check it out. Maybe don't. But, yeah, definitely check out Vinegar Syndrome, though. They are awesome. Those guys are great. Sounds good. So, yeah, that's what I got going on. Um, I guess we could just probably move right into some of the meat of the topic here. We're going to do almost a sequel to the previous episode we did where we did a little talk of a movie, a little bit of trailer talk, and then we'll talk about another topic. So let's start out with our main movie, guys. What do you think? Sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. And now uh, this one, I know, had a lot of, uh, I, I guess I would say um, a lot of apprehension on my side of going into it. Um, I was a little worried, honestly, before I watched the movie. And um, it had a lot of buildup. A lot of people were excited for it. And I know, Shane, you in particular were extremely excited for this coming out. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Alien Covenant? <clears throat> right. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I was left wanting more. Ooh. Harsh words for Shane on, the, on an Alien movie, I feel like. Yeah. Um... I thought Michael Fassbender, who is a fantastic character actor anyway, I thought he did a brilliant job. They could have just done the movie solely based on him, and it would have been a good selling point. But I felt it was kind of like a rehash of various other elements of the Alien franchise. Mm -hmm. um, there was some... There were some fantastic scenes in it, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to deny, I did get slightly moist when I saw the uh, Neomorph on the screen. because we've never Slightly moist? Yes, we've never seen um, a Neomorph before, and I thought that looked absolutely stunning. But then I got even more excited when my favourite bad boy, Xenomorph, was back on the screen. To me the film was worth it just to see the Xenomorph. I felt that it could have been so much better. I really did. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the characters the characters in the film were a little bit flawed. Um, to me, it felt rushed. It felt like there was too much going on, too many story elements going on, and there was a, a lot of stuff that could have been edited out that could have been put into a future movie maybe 
but um, overall, I was quite disappointed. Wow, wow, Shane, I'm I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah, and I only say that because I, I know you're a huge fan of the series. Yeah, and um, and if people go back and listen to our alien episode or i don't remember we did we squeeze it into one episode or multiple episodes? I, think was, I don't remember i think it was two because it was one of the first podcasts we did really wasn't it if i remember yeah right. yeah and we you know what it was we ended up rambling on so long about alien one mm. and alien two that we're like all right we're already at like two hours we should probably yeah. cut this in half <laughs> no i i uh i hear you and uh i'm surprised i mean you're even someone that really liked prometheus as well right yeah, or at, at least thought it was very positive yeah i really enjoyed prometheus um and i'm not going to deny the fact yes i was excited about seeing this movie because it was alien covenant and plus ridley scott going back to the alien franchise mm-hmm. bringing an alien back into the film which i thought was absolutely fantastic um but i was just left so disappointed with it and yeah there was not enough of the xenomorph on screen for my liking yeah and Mike, how about you? I know you you're a big fan of Prometheus as well, right? Yeah, I love Prometheus. Um so how do you think Alien Covenant held up? Cuz it really is a direct sequel to Prometheus. Oh yeah. Uh, how'd you feel it held up to Prometheus? Okay. Well, uh Val and I went to go see it in the theater and um I was super hyped up for it cuz I love the Alien franchise so much. It's like my second favorite next to Friday the 13th. And um she is too. She's a huge alien fan. You should see her like layout of her house. It's like alien everything. She has alien toys, alien, uh, you know, poster, everything. And we're all very excited for this movie. We sat down and we came out super disappointed. Um, first off, wow. yeah. Well, first off, the I don't know if it's just a theater or what, but this movie is extremely dark, and not just like in tone. I'm talking about like it's hard to see in a lot of uh, a lot of scenes. Um, oh, I, I honestly did not have that. Um, maybe that was your theater, but I, I didn't have that uh, feeling at all watching it. I mean, visually, I thought I thought the visual aspect of the movie, in my opinion, was the was really one of the best parts. Well, yeah, the uh, like the, the scenes that I did actually like see were beautiful looking. It, it was it was it was good. <laughs> but um, yeah, for some reason, a lot of the scenes were took place in like caves and like poorly lit areas. And it was just hard for me to really. Uh, get into especially since there were so many characters in this movie and they're all Mm -hmm. like the most mediocre people I have ever seen in like a horror film they're all just like there and uh, you know it's a lot of things didn't level out with me like James Franco is in it for some weird reason that I don't know why (laughs) okay I'm gonna give it I'm gonna back I'm gonna to back this up I think it's an extreme positive that that James Franco is in it and not in it at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, I mean, once I found out he was like, I saw like a picture before the movie came out. And it was like James Franco. I'm like, come on, I, I don't, I don't need all these like super high profile actors in, in the Alien movie. I don't. And then I saw that he was in it for what he was, and I was like, oh okay, that's cool then. But yeah, I don't think that's such a big spoiler because it <laughs> happens within the first like three minutes of the movie. I think yeah. we're okay with spoiling the James Franco appearance. <laughs> He's in it for like two seconds and then immediately explodes into flames and is burned alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that so, was you know that was the way it was. But I, other than that, I thought there was too many characters. Michael Fassbender, I love. I he's so fucking awesome. He's fantastic in mm-hmm. this. Um, but the story is what really got me the most. I think it's way too complicated for its own good. I mm-hmm. think 
I, I don't know what Ridley Scott's doing. I don't know why he's making this so complicated. There's there's a couple plot holes which uh, don't really add up to me. Like David is the one that's supposed to have, like started the Xenomorphs is what I'm getting. Mm. And but in Prometheus, there's a mur- mural on the wall. Yeah, right. Exactly. And there's a xenomorph there, so I don't get what the hell's going on with that. I just, mm-hmm. I just think it's overly complicated. And there's maybe I'm just not understanding it correctly, but I shouldn't have to struggle to understand an alien movie. And yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And I heard that the next movie he's supposed to do a prequel to Covenant, and it's just, oh come on, are you serious? Yeah, that's what somebody said on the the message board, and I was like, what? Oh, I hope fuck, not. Fuck, man. I, I just. Uh- I just don't get it. There's nothing else you could say without making it more complicated. The and thing I, is, the next movie should by rights be a direct sequel to, exactly. to Covenant, and it should also be the start of the actual alien. alien franchise as we know it. Exactly. See, here's where I stand on the movie. I mean, I came out of it overall um, positively, but I think it was one of the most deeply flawed sort of blockbuster movies. I, I mean, I say blockbuster, I just mean big budget. That's what I really mean. Uh, one of the most deeply flawed big budget movies in terms of plot and storytelling, overall storytelling for the whole series that I've actually seen in quite a while. So, like Prometheus, I liked it, but there's a huge but. Like, there's so many caveats to saying all the negatives of this movie. Um, and I think when you talk about... Uh, connecting it to the rest of the alien universe this movie is nothing except a disservice to the overall alien storyline um all it does is make it overcomplicated and just to to fix what this movie this movie has done they will need an entire movie to just fill plot holes to get you to the first alien and I don't want a movie that is just filler for plot holes. That sounds terrible. Why would I want to watch that? <clears throat> yeah, I get you. I don't know. I I, th- I think that they could have gone about it in a, a much better way than they did in terms of storyline. To connect Prometheus to Alien, this was a big misstep. I, I think they uh, story-wise, they really fucked it up. I agree, actually. But also, um, when it comes to the Alien Covenant film itself and explaining the whole James Franco thing. I don't know if you guys know that there were two prologues available to watch on YouTube. Oh, I didn't watch those. No. Yeah, see, I, I heard about those, but I don't... Why Why would they do that? Just put it in the fucking movie. And it, yeah. yeah, if it's important, if it's important, it'll be in the film. Exactly, yeah. and why... It just... That just seems ridiculous to me. Why would you need more story to not put in the movie. I just, I, I didn't watch those out of spite. Right. Out of spite. I didn't even know they existed un- until like after I saw the movie and I'm like, I'm still not watching it because I don't care. If it was important, they should have put it in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that that's my opinion on films. Like a lot of people talk about like Batman versus Superman. The theatrical cut is so awful. Well, that's their fucking fault. They put it out that way. Yeah. It's terrible. I don't need to watch the three and a half hour movie to make sense of the story. See, Other I've, movies can get it done in an hour and a half. I've still not seen that. Uh, yeah, that's a different story. I have many thoughts on Batman v Superman. That's its own fucking podcast. And one last thing I want to add in. I thought the Xenomorph was horrible. 
That's really I, it, every every time you see a xenomorph in majority of the other films, like Alien and Aliens, they're not this cliche, super amazingly fast paced, uh, unbeatable thing that there was in this movie like it was just too too quick and there was no tension when it came it could have been you could have inserted any alien in that position and it would have been the same damn thing now how'd you feel about um the the neomorph like shane had mentioned the one that so they there was two alien creatures if you haven't seen the movie and this isn't a spoiler you knew that there was going to be xenomorphs but anyway yeah um more like like after the the intro scenes of the, the the folks on the ship happen, they make it down to a planet and they they eventually run ac- run across the neomorph, which is not quite a xenomorph yet. No. Uh, what would you think about that new um, new monster design, Mike? Um, uh, the design was fine. It's just the CGI they used was horrible. Yeah, CGI always takes it down a notch, but I, yeah. take it down a notch. But I, I I do think the monster was pretty cool. Yeah, the monster itself was cool, and I and I appreciate the design on it. But I think I think the CGI ruined it for me. Just like the um, yeah. there's one scene in this film uh, where David's watching another person and something happens. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Or he's like flicking the stuff at the guy. He's waiting for something to happen. I don't want to go into it. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. We'll go into spoilers in a little bit because I know there's definitely some stuff that I want to talk about okay, that you can't you can't talk about without going into spoilers, but yeah. before, before we get, you know, too deep into spoilers, um, it, this is a very much a mixed bag movie. There are things that are good. I mean, I know, I know you, you said you thought it was a little dark, but I, I really thought that the, again, this is, this is the best thing that Ridley Scott does is world building. I thought everything was gorgeous and everything felt like a real place in this movie to me. And, um, for a spaceship type movie, I, you know, there's a large part of it that happens out on a spaceship. I thought that all worked really well. I thought that was a great set and great settings. And the character interactions on the ship, I had no problem with. It was when they got off the ship that they turned into complete morons. And that I got a big problem with. That doesn't make any <clears throat> sense to me. Um, but the Ridley Scott does a great job with the the way the world looks and the actual shooting and everything. He's very talented in terms of making a movie in terms of, I don't know if he has any part of writing the script. I think he does on this one. And um, the interviews they have with him, he seems pretty involved with the story. Yeah. In in getting the story put together, very negative. Um, I, I was not pleased with how it all sort of came together. Um, in the movie, in terms of the story, in terms of the characters, the actors did a fine job. And like you guys had mentioned, uh, Michael Fassbender is fucking amazing in this movie. And much like when we talked about last episode, when Professor X was playing multiple roles, roles in this one we get Magneto playing multiple roles. <laughs> and he, he does a really good job in both roles. And I think, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but my favorite scenes of the movie were when he was interacting with himself. Oh, yeah. I thought that was fucking awesome. That was so seamless. It was perfect. It was awesome. Yeah, and and in terms of special effects, um, that was a very positive part of the movie. The uh, having two fast benders go again, you know, uh, interact with each other is really good. And obviously, you know, they could do it through the old... Some of the scenes were old school, you know, here's the back of some guy's head that looks like the back of fast benders' head. And other stuff was, you know, CGI. You split the screen up or whatever, and there's just two fast benders. 
Um, and I thought that that was done really well. I, I really liked that part of the movie, having the two of them in it. And more Fassbender, the better in this, is uh, is the way I look at it. Definitely. Now, yeah. what did, before we get into spoilers, what did you guys think of New Ripley? And I say New Ripley because it's just they made a character to be exactly like Ripley. I think that they, I think in Prometheus and in this, the, the female leads are super strong. I really like them a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I think Ridley Scott or whoever did the casting did a really good job in finding strong female leads because, you know, they could have easily put in, you know, James Franco and, uh, you know, everybody else and just like overshot all the, you know, the female leads. But these, these women in here are awesome. They're badass. And this is, well, it gave me more of an alien feel from it. Yeah, I agree actually with that because I mean, he Ridley Scott does have a does have a, um, a thing for strong female characters. I mean, you're, you've only got to look at like what was it um, the film fourteen sixty two was it with because um, Scorny Weaver was in that as well, and that was the um, that was the. Oh Christ! It was the battleship, <clears throat> the Armada. Or, I can't remember the fucking full story, but basically, I've never seen it. Oh right, okay, yeah, it came out in about '92. It came out the year before um, Alien Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sigourney Weaver's in that one, and then you've got to look at Blade Runner as well, where although Harrison Ford is the lead in that, you've also got to see. That had um, Sean Young in it and Daryl Hannah was in mm-hmm. it as well. So yeah, I mean, there's all those aspects to it. Um, and then obviously you've got Blade Runner 2049 coming out soon, which I want to say I'm really excited about. But chance. Yeah, but Ridley Scott's not directing that one. Is he not? I thought he was. No, no, he's not. I think he's a producer on it. I thought he was actually directing that. No, I think the guy that's doing it. Oh boy! Now, see, now I gotta go look this up. Um, I know he. The guy's a good director. Yeah, Twenty forty nine. There we go. Yeah, you yeah. It's got, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Oh. Yeah, Villeneuve. Oh, okay. I believe is I believe that's how you say it. Uh, right. Oh, he did Prisoners. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Sicario. Yeah, Sicario. Yeah, he's a. Right. Yeah, he's a really good director, and I, I'm sure he'll do a great job with this. And I gotta be honest, uh, don't want to lie here, fellas. If uh, if this is what Ridley Scott's doing now, um, I say you let this guy take the reins on uh, Blade Runner and uh, maybe pass off any of the Alien movies to someone else. I don't know <laughs> if uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's getting it's getting worse in my opinion. Yeah. Um, is for you guys, we were talking about the Ridley character. Because I don't even know what the character's name is in this. i got to be honest. I have no idea. I can't even remember what her um, name is. I, she was doing an excellent job, and I really liked her in this movie until she turned into Ridley. Ripley. 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 I'm sorry to say Ridley. <laughs> yeah, until she, turned into, until she turned into Ripley. Yeah. I was like, because that switch made no sense to me. No. Where, where she was in her character arc, and, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, all right, give me the gun. Hook me up. I'm gonna go fucking start blowing away some aliens. I'm like, that's that's not who this character is. Like, where did that come from? I mean, it, it just it didn't make sense to me in terms of character development. Um, 
I felt like she would have benefited more from that flip happening in a sequel almost. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? She goes through hell and then, like, because even in the, first, in the first Alien, right? Ripley's not this badass, I'm going to go slaughter everyone. You know, she's scared, she's hiding from the thing, she's trying to be quiet and move around the ship. Her entire crew is blown away and all that. And it isn't until the second one, when she's already been through that shit, she's seen this nonsense before, and she's sick of it. And she's like, fuck this, give me the gun, I'm taking care of business. Yeah. <clears throat> like, that makes more sense. But in this one, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And even in uh, in Prometheus, with, with uh, Numi Rapace, when she never hit that, like, badass, I'm gonna go gun everyone down type of situation... She was more thrown into horrible situations and scared, you know, running for her life and trying to survive as opposed to being a badass. And and that fit her really well in that movie. I just don't feel that the um, the main lead in this, Catherine Watterson, um, she sort of got stuck with, okay, you're gonna you're gonna have this huge emotional load on you for the majority of the movie, and then you're just gonna completely toss it away and you're gonna become, you know, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end. <laughs> It, it didn't feel right to me, um, but let's let's go into spoilers a little bit because I I do want to talk about the plot holes of this movie and some of the other shit that happens in in fact the overall arch. But before we get to that, <clears throat> in case anyone uh, doesn't want to listen to our spoilers for it, uh, what do you think of the movie, guys? How, like, how would you rate it? And uh, and in fact, uh, where would you rank it? in the Alien series. Now, I'm not counting any of the Alien Predator movies in this, but where would you rank it in the Alien series? Um, For me, I would say... Oh, man. I, I'm. Do I have to rank all of them, or just this one? Well, I know Shane and I have ranked them before. I don't even. I don't think you were on that episode where we ranked them. Um, it's your call. We'll let, we'll let Shane and I go first. Okay. Because I think we got a little more thought into this, and then we'll come back to you, Mike. You can see where you want it. Shane, where would you put this in Alien series? Um, see, that is actually quite a difficult task at hand, because for me, I don't think it deserves to be ranked. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those films where it really did disappoint me. I was... I mean, when I, went, when I saw this, I went, I went with my buddy Colin and actually bumped into a couple of my other friends who were in there and we ended up having what we like to call the post-mortem at the end of the film and we all came away with the conclusion as that we didn't enjoy it as much as we wanted to and um, I felt that if this was going to be earmarked in that Alien franchise I would probably go and say it's probably up there with Alien Resurrection for me well, okay, but this is this is yeah. big for me because w w which is worse, this or Alien Resurrection? Alien Resurrection is definitely worse because <laughs> um, it's Alien Resurrection and that film sucks balls. But there are aspects to this film that could have been so much better. It really could have, and I was just I I was left wanting more. I did say that, and I just, All right. I just thought to myself, nah. So Shane, remind our audience, um, what what are your rankings of the Alien movies? Just go from top to bottom. All right. Well, joint first place, Alien and Aliens. Um, I will always say that because to me, they're two of the best sci-fi horror movies I've ever seen. Um, followed by 
Alien 3, then Alien Resurrection. Um, but when it comes down to adding Prometheus in there, I'd say Prometheus is on a par. That would definitely come in third place for me. So that would. Oh, okay. So you're, yeah. you're saying, yeah, Prometheus is above Alien 3 for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this would probably be. Yeah, this. Yeah, Alien Covenant would definitely go after Alien 3. Mm-hmm. And then I would say Alien Resurrection, the worst offender, the main offender. Yeah, I'd, I'd have a similar ranking, only. Um... I think I'm more of a fan of Alien 3 than your average person, so I think what i probably do, and, and again, if people want to go back and listen to our Alien series and tell us what we actually did rank these, because I really don't remember. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. I think, if I remember <laughs> correctly, we both agreed that Alien and Aliens were the best bunch. Oh yeah, no doubt, yeah, no Alien doubt. 3. I mean, I don't even know if that's like, there's an opinion otherwise. If there's, yeah, a, if there's anyone that, well, you know what, I take that back. Uh, we we <laughs> absolutely slaughtered alien resurrection i remember that yeah much. well that i that i know yeah without a doubt i know that because we um, all, and i was gonna say i was gonna say if you ask count that. orlock I'm, I'm sure he'll say resurrection's the best oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no um yeah alien uh, um i'd probably go i'd probably almost go in order It'd be like alien one alien two alien three and then uh, yeah i would put prometheus close to alien three like I tend to like three a little bit more. Uh, I, I like the director's cut a lot, but I also like the original. So it's you know it's not uh, that they're too far away from each other. Or not the director's cut, whatever you call it, the producer's cut yeah. or whatever it was, because uh, Fincher didn't want to have anything to do with it after they sort of fucked him on the movie. But um, but yeah, Prometheus, and then uh, I'd put this after Prometheus. Um, it is it is not as good as Prometheus. Prometheus is better. And uh, it's this one is still definitely better than Alien Resurrection. That movie was shit, despite having some fun things in it. The movie was garbage. Anything so anything is better than Alien Resurrection. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I actually, if we were including the Alien vs Predator movies, I put those above Resurrection as well. And <clears throat> that's that's a little harsh, but it's that's, true. That's what I think about it. So, uh, so Mike, uh, did you did you get a chance to put your thoughts in order? Yes. Um, I would. Right, what do you got for us? My ranking would be uh, Alien, and then it would go Aliens, and then it would go Alien Three, and then it would go Prometheus, and then it would go Alien versus Predator, and then it would be, uh, and then it would be Covenant, Resurrection, and then uh, Alien versus Predator Two. Uh, Requiem. Yes. <laughs> now that's a movie. I will say, Mike, you mentioned the 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 dark aspect. I cannot find a copy of AVP Requiem that isn't just like all black. <laughs> like that movie is so difficult to watch, physically difficult to watch. I can't see it. It's so dark. Yeah. Every time I I think I saw <laughs> I saw that in theater, and I remember falling asleep in it. <laughs> I own I own all the Alien films on Blu-ray, even the Alien vs Predator movies, because why not? But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I have the Blu-ray of both of those. I think I just got the Alien movies. I think I got and the Predator movies. I got Alien vs Predator one and two for like five dollars at a store. I'm like, ah, why not? Sure, there are worse things to get. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we're all on the same page that this movie, uh, Alien Covenant, was not as good as Prometheus, and Prometheus is a. Uh, a controversial movie in terms of people liking it or disliking it. 
So uh, I don't think time is going to look too favorably on Covenant. No, I think it's going to be forgotten. I don't. I don't. Think now let's. It's it's t- as terrible as people are making out to be. Like people are like really bashing on Covenant. I don't think it's as terrible yeah. as that, but I think it's just very overly mediocre and confusing. Yeah, I ended up giving it a six in my review score, but looking back on it, uh, I don't know. I don't think I would even want to watch it again to give it another one, but I was not blown away by it. Now let's go. Let's go into some of the spoilers a little bit, just because I want to talk about some of them. So. From this point forward, if you don't want to hear them, but I, I suggest listening to the rest because who gives a shit? The movie's kind of garbage anyway. <laughs> so, right. I mean, seriously. Who cares? So let's get right into it. In this movie, um, Fastbender's, Fastbender plays two people, right? He's got, he plays two robots. Um, one is the robot from the new ship with the new crew, and the other is uh, David, who is the same character from Prometheus. Um, that was on it. And he's got his head has been reattached to his body, obviously. And he creates the aliens, or the xenomorphs, and the neo... Well, I guess maybe he doesn't create the neomorphs in this, but he does create the xenomorphs. Now, what did you guys think about that? Stupid. Dumb. Uh, it didn't make sense. I don't know. It was just... I felt like it was too much of a... Uh, it seems like they wrote the movie, and then after the fact, they're like, hey, well, let's say David did it. <laughs> so, like, because they didn't have an excuse on how to get the, uh, I, like, they made the movie and were like, shit, you know what we need in this? We need actual xenomorphs. Well, how do we get those in here? I, I just, like, I don't know. It's just the plot holes with it. Like I said in Prometheus, you see a xenomorph in a mural, or it looks like a xenomorph. Yeah, right. It looks there's like a big head thing that looks exactly like it. And you're like, oh, I get it. They're pointing to this thing, and you think they got something else going on. Now I've heard the I've heard speculation from other fans that um, is that they they suspect that the uh, engineers created xenomorphs at some other point in time, or that the xenomorphs may have been the originators of the black goo that does things which it ends up it's some sort of virus type thing that mutates cells and whatever um but they suspect that the the xenomorphs existed before prometheus which is why they were on the mural okay but david became so obsessed with the mural that he wanted to make that creature so he figured he went through years and years of genetic testing to figure out how to actually make a xenomorph because that's what he was going for. See, that makes sense. And I, I, I mean, I it, it like does, but it's, a little better. it's so convoluted yeah, very much. Like we, we don't need that. What would have been, hear me out here. Now, this is a really simple thing that you could just think about in two seconds. Like instead of that, okay, let's say David, you know, destroys the engineer's planet or whatever. We don't know if he did, he killed all of them off, but he, let's say he killed most of them off. And he gets on the planet, and he's looking around, and maybe the engineers have xenomorph samples, or, you know, they've got, like, the history of the xenomorph, or maybe they have some in containment that, or they have an egg or something, but he doesn't have a human body to, to grow one yet so maybe he uses their samples and everything 
to make it. Like, that would make more sense to me. That, oh no, this is a creature that the engineers designed and have already made, but David just has to, like, get it working. Yeah, like, that or... That's, that's a really good explanation. Or, like, say in Covenant, he was just, like, in weird alien technology. He's looking at the mural from Prometheus, and he's just kind of, like, sitting there looking at it, looking at it, and it shows him trying to... Uh, go through it to try to simulate it because like you said he became so obsessed with yeah. the xenomorphs like he it's actually showing the audience that he is trying to recreate the species right right show that the species existed yeah and then that he wants to make them i would be okay with that but they didn't do that in the movie they just implied that he created them and this is his perfection and it's like, that's a huge fucking plot hole, man. In the original Alien, if you go back and watch it, you know, there's they find the crash-landed ship, and they go in and they find that engineer strapped to the fucking thing, and he's fossilized. He's been there for thousands or millions of years. Yep. Like, that, the timelines don't match up, and that's only supposed to be, like, whatever, a hundred years ahead of where they are in Covenant. Yep. So, I mean, that's a gigantic plot hole, and it just, I don't like what they did. And can we talk about how stupid the characters are in this movie? They go outside with no helmets. They fucking land on an alien planet, and they're like... Oh, it's oxygen. Oh, 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 oh we could breathe this? Well, let me just go out here. Oh, what if, there's, what if there's some type of bacteria or spore in the air that kills you? Guess what? There is, and you're dead. <laughs> oh my god, these people are dumb. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, why aren't they wearing helmets? Like, it's a fucking... You didn't see the in the first alien. They didn't get out of the ship and walk out there with no helmets. They were like, "Oh no, we're just probably some terrible stuff in this environment." And the only reason the guy got infected in the first alien was because he looked over the egg and he was wearing he was wearing a full helmet, face mask and everything. And the alien, you know, with the with the acid blood or whatever went through his helmet. How was he he wouldn't know that that was going to happen. But in this one, there's a fucking same exact scenario. There's an alien egg, and the guy's like, oh, let me... David's like, oh, go check this out. The killer <laughs> robot, who you just saw, like, petting a creature that bit the head off of one of your friends, and you shot that alien, and, and the fucking robot started flipping out. He takes you into his crazy experiment room where he's making fucking monsters, essentially, and he's got dead bodies laid out that he's experimenting on. He takes you into a fucking cave with an alien egg, and he's like, no, 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 it's cool, just check it out, just put your face right over it. I thought that was actually pretty funny. My theater was, like, laughing a little bit, he's like, oh, go, take a look. (laughs) Yeah, I did chuckle at that, actually. (laughs) What the fuck? There's a place for humor in movies, I don't know that the Alien franchise is, is really something that needs that kind of dumb humor. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you couldn't even spoof that, because it's so stupid, it is a spoof. How bad did that uh, chestburster look? Shit. Awful. Oh my really bad. god. I actually preferred the backburster of the Neomorph. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. The backburster was way better. That looked so cool yeah. as well, especially with the way the um, the skin was bubbling up. Uh, mm. You know, that just looked awesome. No, the new chestburster. I mean, from my understanding of the aliens' physiology. Of how they exist, right? When you watch that first Alien movie, it starts off as a face hugger. It plants eggs. It bursts out of the chest, and it's essentially like a worm-like creature with maybe a couple little appendages. 
that scuttles off and it sheds its skin and keeps growing until it's a giant xenomorph, right? Yep. Right. In this one, it fucking bursts out of the chest and it's a it's a xenomorph, but it's only the size of a bottle of coke. Yeah. And it looks stupid and I hate it. I, I just don't get why they changed it. Because isn't it essentially supposed to be the same thing as the original alien, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess well, I guess you could argue if you if you go along with the um the the the, the idea that David's <laughs> trying to create something that has already existed and he doesn't quite do it right and the chestburster ends up looking like a skinny little piece of shit. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the logic, but again, the whole idea of this I I don't like it. I don't like anything that's going on in terms of that decision making. Um, I don't know. What else? There's probably more in this that I really hated, but that those are my big, the big problems I have with it. Plus, you've got this, the potential of going to an alien planet full of engineers, and all of that's flushed right down the toilet. They just wipe them all out, you know, in a in a in a flashback, essentially. Right. Actually, I, I didn't. I didn't like that. I would have liked seeing like maybe one engineer left, and he could tell you something of, of what had happened yeah. or whatever. Red Letter Media actually did a really good uh, point on this. I don't know if you guys... I know, Ryan, you know Red Letter Media, but Shane... Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit... I don't know if I've watched uh, the Alien Covenant one. They, they made a good point. It's like, so these engineers are smart enough to create life. They can travel, you know, millions of light years and create life. But when an, a ship that's thousands of years old comes to dock in the planet, none of them, none of them uh, blink an eye. You know, and they're all like, it's just, it just seems so odd. Yeah. No, that's a good point, too. I mean, right, because the, the ship was from the Prometheus movie. Yeah. And it had been essentially, uh, not crashed, but abandoned due to an outbreak or something, if I remember right. And um, it had been there for, like, thousands of years, yeah. Just a, I don't know. It's... You know, I think I gave it a six in my review, the one I wrote on the board. But I think I'm. Yeah, I I did this. I did the same. I'm looking at. I did the same on my review at, uh, on the main page, which you can read at upcominghorrormovies.com. <laughs> and I think I ended up getting a few people shitting on me from that because <laughs> I was a little too positive. I mean, like I said, there are parts of the movie I like. I like some of the stuff, but man, that fucking story was shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, the other thing was in um, so in the Alien vs Predator movies. Not that I really care about the, not that I care about the continuity of those movies, but you know they say that the predators have been using xenomorphs, right, as to to implant in humans and and grow xenomorphs for them to fight, you know, for uh, for rituals or whatever. And I had no problem with that. I'm like, that is kind of cool. Like maybe predators have been coming to this planet, and they use the alien eggs and everything because alien eggs have been around for millions of years. Like, that's, that's kind of interesting and cool. And now that doesn't make any sense if David invented the aliens, you know, uh, 200 years in the future. Uh, I don't know. It's not like it's a big deal that the Predator, Alien vs. Predator continuity doesn't make sense, but, like, what the fuck, man? Like, why change the regular Alien continuity? It's in sad when the Alien vs. Predator movie makes more sense than the Covenant timeline. That's exactly where I'm getting at. That 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 it's the worst part that that fits into the universe better than this movie does. Yeah. And I hate the AVP movies. Yeah, they're pretty shit. Yeah, especially Requiem. Fucking oh, 
Do you know, there's two scenes in Requiem that really crack me up. It's the scene when uh, with the hospital with the pregnant women, and they get mm-hmm. impregnated, and then they give birth to the aliens. That I found actually quite funny. And then the second scene was at the end when um, they get when all the other guys go with their coordinates, and then get blown up. Yep. I properly laughed at that. The pred alien has to face down the predator. Yeah. That was quite a cool scene. <laughs> I mean, I'll 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 give I'll give them kudos for carrying on carrying on direct continuity from the first AVP. Yeah. So okay, you get a little benefit of the doubt. You got the pred alien on there. You know, I'm I'm okay with it. But yeah, that movie was it was crap. That that was more uh, the quality of a sci-fi channel movie than it was you know like a a big screen film. Um, just more money put into it and better special effects. Yeah. So anyway, Alien Covenant. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're a fan of the Alien movies, you're going to watch it. But if you don't care about the Alien movies, don't watch this one. This one is, like, one of the worst. Stick with stick with the first two. And uh, maybe three, and Prometheus has got some interesting ideas. This one's just a mess. Trust us on this one. We know. Mm-hmm. Coming from fans of all the others, I think we could say. Yeah. So... All right, guys. Well, that's that for that one. Let's uh, we're gonna go into our next section, which again, Shane was so kind enough as to pick us three different trailers to watch, and we're gonna discuss those trailers. So the first one we're gonna go over. If anyone wants to look it up, it's called The Crucifixion. Um, it's supposed to come out in 2017 at some point, and it's about a a Romanian clergy is convicted of murdering a nun. Um, and apparently it's some sort of exorcist movie. Uh, there's some type of possessions going on. It's super religious overtones. Um, there's, uh, it looks to be just a combination of various, uh, exorcism films and that are, or, you know, stuff that has come out over the past, like, decade or two with, like, the exorcism of Emily Rose or, um, oh, what's that one? The Last that, Exorcism? Um, the Last Exorcism. And then the is last that the one exorcism that Exorcism again or two? The Last Exorcism two, right? That was a good one. And uh, there's uh, there's a bunch of them. the Possession. That was one. Um, I don't know. There's a long string of them. Uh, to me, this movie, looking at the trailer, feels like it's exactly one of those movies. I um, I did, in the trailer, I didn't see one thing that was new to this movie that the other Exorcist whoa, movies whoa, whoa. Didn't see. What? Let me let me remind you because maybe you're forgetting about this, Mike. This movie did have something that I have not seen in any other horror movie so far. At least this trailer did. What? And that's the bug snatch. The what? Where the, the bug snatch, where the girl pulls the blanket off of her, and her whole cooter is made up of uh, fucking bugs climbing around. You know? Well, did you not see that in the trailer? I I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention to the trailer. <laughs> I did not see a bunch of bugs climbing around a girl's cooter. Oh, it was there, baby. Check it out. Now I have to watch. That was the, that's the only thing I wrote in my notes was bug snatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, other than other than that that one part, uh, I'm bored of these types of movies, these exorcist movies, um, unless somebody. Unless somebody does something that's really original, um, 
I, I don't want to watch them. I'm, I'm just like, I don't care. I just don't care. I'm going to call it now, and, and I'm going to say that it's going to be filled with CGI bone breaking. It's going to be, yeah. you know, filled with people saying that, uh, you know, they don't believe in everything, and they're going to go into a small room and have an, uh, an exorcism, and she's going to be a crawling on a wall. It's the same shit. Yeah. The, only, the, the one I watched, it was, again, one of these newer exorcist movies. Um, that I thought was only slightly interesting. I think it was called The Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw and that. That's the one with Anthony with Anthony Hopkins right. and um. Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. I mean, that one was sort of interesting because it was like into the into the the inner workings of the Catholic Church. And I find some of that stuff interesting where there's like you know the, the, the guy training to be a priest and he's like uh, I don't believe half of this shit. Why am I doing this? And they're like, you know what you should do? You should go watch an exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I did enjoy some of those aspects, but uh, more so actually than the actual exorcism parts of the movie. I saw that in theaters. Um, I agree. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was more that was more of a good performance, good story type thing as opposed to like how good of a horror movie it is. Yeah. But no, this looks like crap. I don't care about this. <laughs> Shane, what did you think of this one? Actually, it does look like crap. Apart from the, <laughs> the bug snatch, the bug snatch. Did you remember the bug snatch? I remember the bug snatch because okay. that was the main reason why I chose this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shane, you're the best. I thought you guys are going to get a kick out of this one. So, <laughs> I can't believe that didn't stand out for you, Mike. I saw that and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, I, I'm gonna admit something. Like, I was watching the trailer and I, it started to be like everything I've seen. So I just kind of yeah. kind of kept like skipping through it a little bit. I think I might have skipped over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's worth a watch just to see the bug snatch. That means uh, I, mean, I have to trailer. give it a view on YouTube, which means I'm technically giving it money. Yeah. I don't mean the movie itself. I mean the trailer's worth a view for the Bug Snatch. No, I know. I mean, I'm sure they monetize the video. Yeah, probably. All right, so we got we got the crucifixion taken care of. I think. I think we all gave our ideas on that one. Uh, the next one, I don't know how to pronounce. I'm gonna guess Gehenna. Yeah, Gehenna. Gehenna. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, in this one. The first thing I noticed from the trailer, uh, if you to spell this one, it's G E H E N N A. If somebody wants to look it up, because it's not a, you know the crucifixion. Come on, guys, you have Google; <clears throat> it'll autocorrect for you. Actually, I think it is Gehenna. Come, Gehenna. Yeah, Gehenna. All right. So, um, so this one, uh, the trailer starts off with uh, some woman that's going to investigate some things in um, South America somewhere. And there seems to be some weird tribe activity going on, and there's stories about uh, World War II and a whole bunch of uh, older stuff that happens. But the only thing I really want to point out of this is the beginning of the trailer. It's got Lance motherfucking Henriksen. Yes. <laughs> yep. And this goes well along with part of my rule that I will watch anything that has Lance Henriksen in it. So this one's going to have to go on my list of, all right, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but the movie itself, it seems to be, uh, I guess these people go, there's some ancient burial ground situation going on and they got a real estate development they need to get on and they find this weird hole in the ground that leads to some catacombs and underground shit and they get trapped in there 
And the movie seems to borrow a lot from stuff like The Descent or um, I'm trying to think of other sort of underground. And by underground, I mean literally underground, not like <laughs> underground horror. Um, it seems to be a lot of stuff in the dark, jump scares, weird monster type situations. But what I kind of like in this trailer is they don't explain to you exactly what is down there. Maybe it's zombies. Maybe it's ghosts. Maybe it's crazy cannibals. Maybe the people are just losing their shit. Um, and there seems to be some type of demonic ritual type of thing that also happens. So I'm, I'm a little more positive on this one. I would probably check this out, as, despite, you know, aside from having Lance Henriksen in it, as probably just a two-second role so they could put his face on the front of the DVD cover and put his name on the top. Um, I, would, I would watch this because it looks interesting and I have questions that I would like answered about what happens in the movie. What'd you think of this one, Mike? Uh, I, I'm pretty excited for it, actually. It looked pretty cool. I like that yeah. the uh, the whatever it is that they run into underground, that they actually kind of speak. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty nice. And it looks like they use a lot of practical effects, so I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah, I like the, I like the mystery part of it, though. Like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And, okay. Now I'm, now I'm interested in the movie. I don't need somebody to explain to me the whole film. Just give me the gist, and I think this is a good trailer in that it does give you a little bit of the gist. Shane, uh, this one, Gehenna, yeah. uh, what do you think of this one? It looks kind of cheesy, but it also looks kind of fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I could be tempted to give it a watch. I think it has potential for, yeah. like, I would want to watch this late at night, super dark room. Because um, I think this is one of those movies that it's going to be shot with a flashlight, essentially. So, um, real low-light situation. I think this would work late-night watch. You're by yourself. I don't know that I would want to see this in a movie theater. I don't think it would be that effective. Yeah. But I think it's worth a watch. I, I'm, I wouldn't say excited for it, but I'm I'm open to the possibility of seeing it. If, if, uh, if I see it pop up in a, uh, a DVD store or something, I would probably pick this up yeah makes sense yep all right well i think we're in agreement on that one let's go to the next one uh this is a movie called seven witches and um based on the trailer this um seems like somebody saw the witch and says holy shit we should make a movie like that people seem to like that movie yeah so they went out and uh, and made a real. They they thought the, the aspects of the witch that they needed to replicate was the slow pace and um, and long drawn out sequences based on this trailer, <clears throat> because this is one of the most boring fucking trailers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was that was horrible. <clears throat> my God, Shane, did you pick this just to torture us? It was a two minute trailer and it felt like an hour and a half. You know what I'm like. You know what I like to. Um, you know give my friends and share the terror share the terror <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I thought this looks pretty poor so I thought oh you guys need to see this <clears throat> <laughs> is this payback for me making you watch some of these shitty horror movies oh just a start you know just just a little <laughs> you know no, I, I, I don't know. I'm not excited for this. I mean, it has the possibility. We talked about it before, Shane. I think you and I are both fans of sort of slow burn movies. Yeah. I, I like, I don't mind a slower paced movie, but if, if it is something like that, it has to be done very well. I mean, and have a lot of sort of artistic um, 
merits to the movie. Like it's got to be, it's got to have a great tone. It's got to have a good soundtrack. It's got to have like all this stuff that sort of adds into the whole to make a slower paced movie really work. And what I'm picking up off this trailer is that it doesn't necessarily have everything you need. Now I could be wrong. You know, this could just be a poorly made trailer and maybe this is a really great movie. But my God, I am not looking forward to this. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> if um, let's put it this way, and I can't imagine this happening now that we're reviewing the trailer like this. If the production company sent us a review copy, I would watch it. <laughs> but I don't think they will, based on <laughs> based on my observations in this trailer. So, I mean, let's face uh, it, yeah, I'm not going to be. That would be quite funny if they did offer us a copy. If they do, we're going to watch it. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I haven't heard anything from the few people that I'm in contact with, so I don't know if they represent this movie or whatever, but no. Uh, this is going to be a hard pass for me. Uh, I don't think I'll be seeing this one. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You, you, no. You lining up in the theater for pre-sale? No. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they stole a lot from The Witch, even in like a two or three minute trailer. Like even the, like the last shot of the trailer, how the camera's pointing to the woods. Yep. It's like, yep. what? It, that's how would you make a movie? Uh, be creative. If you're gonna listen, don't if you're gonna if you're gonna steal movie. something from the witch, don't steal that it's witches. Like you can make a movie with any other monster and steal aspects from the witch and make it that, but you can't. Like how blatant do you have to be? Uh, like you said, they got that camera shot staring into the woods. And you know there's witches going on. And you're like, well, th I already saw the witch. That was awesome. I don't need to see this. I don't know. Um, yeah. Shane, thank you very much for torturing us with this. But uh, uh, this one's getting a pass. Yeah. And you're, you are most welcome. Hmm. Excellent. So, all right. That covers our trailers uh, section of this one. Um, let's get on to our horror comedies. Uh, part two. And I know part one, uh, we had mentioned that Emily Hannon gave us a, uh, a shout-out to do this. But you're not getting any shout-out this time, Emily. You only get one. So this is a non-shout-out to Emily Hannon. I was going to say, you just gave her another shout-out. I No, she's not getting another one. I already said I won't. Yeah, but by doing Sorry, that, Emily, no shout-out. By shout doing out. that, you gave her another shout-out because you mentioned her name. Maybe I'll just cut it out of the podcast. Yeah, all right. No, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's continue our topic from last time, and um, and we'll go into the horror comedies. Uh, we got another set of interesting ones. Uh, I'm, now, unfortunately for me, I, I've only seen the one that I did. Uh, I didn't see either of yours, but I'll let you guys go into it and, uh, and let us know what's happening. I'm going to start with you, Mike. Um, you chose uh, Stitches. It's a clown movie, from what I understand, on the cover of the film. <laughs> You'd be correct. Um, Excellent. <laughs> it's a 2012 uh, horror comedy called Stitches. It was directed by uh, Connor McMahon. Um, just by the name, not really uh, aware of his other work. But um, it's about a uh, uh, like a party clown for little kids. And in the beginning, he dies at one of the parties. And... He comes back in vengeance six years later to murder off the teenagers of the kids that were at that party. I just realized I've seen a trailer for this film. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. 
Um, Ross Noble, who's a comedian, which I have no experience with at all, but I'm sure he's hilarious, is the the clown Stitches. And um, he goes on a little killing spree to try to kill all these teenagers. And the puns in this movie by him are just hilarious. Actually, like, it, it seems like he's an actual clown making little puns. It's, it's just fantastic. Um, the thing that really stands out about this movie, though, the most... Or besides the puns and the absolutely hilarious writing is the gore because it's 90% practical effects and it is so completely over the top. I'm not going to like go into like super detail because this is a movie you got to watch and it's just like dead alive style gore where uh, he takes like a balloon pumping uh, pump thing. And he sticks it in the back of this kid's head, and he's pumping this kid's head up, and his head is expanding like a balloon, and it just explodes scanner style, and it's scanner so style. fucking hilarious. It's it's fantastic. Every kill on this is super memorable, and um, I think I watched this uh, when it came out around 2012 or whenever it hit Netflix for the first time, and it's the last time I watched it was well then but then i watched it for the the podcast a couple days ago and it's i still remember the majority of the movie that's how much fun i had with it it's it's that it definitely stands out and it's 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 on netflix uh, it's an irish movie and it's this is awesome awesome shane have you seen this one i have and i will say i'm completely opposite of mike i actually hate oh it. i actually hated this movie um and I have had experience with Ross Noble. I've actually met the guy. And um, this was a few years back. He did a comedy skit at one of the local clubs that I happened to be at. And he was probably the most unfunniest comedian I've ever met. Right up there with Lenny Henry. And to me, Lenny Henry is a British comedian who um, is just not very funny at all. Um, the only thing I liked about this film were some of the kills. They were okay. Um, but the actual song used over the end credits by an emotional fish called um, Celebrate was probably the highlight of the whole movie for me. Um, <laughs> Ross Noble, yeah, all right, he played the clown okay. Um, his jokes I didn't find funny at all. Um, some of the kids in the film just annoyed the hell out of me. Um, and... I basically it's one of those movies where I just wanted everyone to die very quickly and end the film very quickly and there was one of those movies I watched where I thought oh how do I get those 90 minutes back oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah Heavy, pretty negative on there Mike what uh, what do you say to the Shane's uh, Shane's little review there um I agree to a certain point I mean he obviously had a personal experience with no, Ross Noble. I I've never heard of the guy before, but I think he played the part really well. Uh, I do agree that the some of the teenagers are a little over the top. Like the the main uh, kid, his name is well, in the movie. His name is Tommy Knight. Uh, it's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, he's a pussy, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's just too much. Like he's too he's too. Uh, what the hell am I trying to say? He's too much of like a Frady cat, basically, for the movie. Like way too much to be like a main character. But other than that, like I, I think this movie's awesome. 
Now, now, um, so I haven't seen this. I mean, I could be like a tiebreaker on this movie. Maybe I could come back next uh, next podcast and, and having watched it and, and just let you guys know what I thought about it. But, um, yeah, it sounds like you got a heavy positive and a heavy negative. Like, is there anything else that stands out in the film? How are the kills? Are the special effects good? Is there anything like that well, happening? Well, like I said, the, the gore is fantastic, and it's like 90% practical effects. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I also like the fact that the, the story is not... Uh, cliche at all really it's about like clowns and it goes back like thousands of years and how in the beginning of the film stitches dies at the party and uh the little kid goes to the graveyard where stitches was buried and he sees like this ritual being performed by other clowns and how they do like a curse uh on stitches and actually has him like come back to life it's pretty cool and it, like supposedly it goes back like thousands of years and it's this little room, and all these uh, eggs are painted uh, like the clowns that passed away for like the last thousands of years. It's pretty neat. That stood out to me, anyway. Now, what? Now, uh, you said it was heavy on the puns. Is it something as good as like Batman and Robin, or is it something, or is it less? Like, um, am I gonna get some like good Mister Freeze type quotes? It's definitely more crude. Yeah, it's it's a lot more crude, but like each person he kills has like a little, like uh like a little pun to go with it, and it's it's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Like he's, there is like an animal kill in this movie, in case anyone's <laughs> like uh, cringy with that. But he kills a cat, yeah. and basically he's like, let's see how many lives you have, and every time he hits the cat against a bedpost, he goes one, two, three, and then he hits it like nine times for the nine lives of a cat. It's pretty hilarious. Shane, I take it you didn't you didn't like that part. No, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Although saying All right, that, so... there's been times recently where I have wondered how many lives Ziggy has got left. Um, yeah, but yeah. So mixed bag on that one. What would you give the guys ratings in terms of uh, horror and scares? Uh, funniness, I would give it uh, like a seven. Uh, scary, I would probably say, uh, I'd say a five. Yep. Shane, how about you? <clears throat> well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest here. Um, I didn't find the, find the movie very funny at all. Um, but I'll, I'd say just for some of the kills, because the kills I thought were quite, some of the kills were quite funny. I'd give it a two. <laughs> um, generous, the generous too. Yeah, and as for scares, I don't find the film very scary at all. Um, so that'll get a zero from me. Oof, that's a low rating, folks. Wow. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll keep that in consideration, and maybe I'll maybe I'll watch that eventually. I think I do own the Blu-ray. I'll uh, maybe pop it in and, and see how it actually is. Um, but before. Before I do that, we'll uh, we'll go over some of the other ones here. So I chose um, originally what I was going to do was um, when we decided to do horror comedies, like I normally do, was going to pick a good movie and a bad movie. Um, but this time I, I I couldn't, and the reason is I hate bad comedies, like with a passion. If I don't f- find something funny and it's supposed to be funny, I despise the movie. Oh yeah. Like and, and people often hate me for this, but something like the forty-year-old virgin, I think, is horrible. It's one of the worst movies I've seen. It's not funny, and I hate it. Um, because it's supposed to be funny, and I don't find it funny. 
I mean, I like all the actors that are in it. I love Seth Rogen, and I love fucking, you know, uh, Steve Carell, and, you know, some of the shit that happens in it is amusing, but none of the jokes land. I don't think it's funny, and just because something is cute doesn't mean it's funny. The chest, so, that chest waxing scene, though. Well, that, okay, that was legitimately, that was amusing, because yeah. you had fucking, he was actually getting waxed, yeah. and I gotta give props to him for that. That takes, takes a lot of balls for a man with a hairy chest. Not that I have one, but I'll, uh, I'll give it to him for that one. So I couldn't pick a terrible movie that I, I did not like because there's no way I'd be able to watch it again and not just be frustrated. So instead, I chose one of my favorite ones, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Hey. And, and this is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, uh, not only comedies, but horror movies, period. I think... Um, it's near perfection in terms of spoof horror. Yep. Because it, it not only gets the comedy right and, and it has enough in-jokes for horror fans to be like, oh, yeah, we know this is exactly what happens in horror movies. Um, but it's genuinely entertaining. And I've watched this movie multiple times with multiple groups of people that aren't necessarily horror fans. But every time everyone comes away and like, okay, that was hysterical. Um just because of the way the way they do the movie and the way they do the jokes and everything, it's it seems as if almost everything is on accident when in actuality it's all well planned and calculated to 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 make the movie really work. Um, so if you haven't seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, definitely go check this one out. Um, the basic premise is Tucker and Dale are essentially two good-hearted rednecks that buy this beaten-up old cabin in the woods that they want to fix up. And sort of make it their their getaway cabin that they could go hang out in and go fishing and, you know, go do whatever, hunting or something. And uh, they come across a group of, um, you know, college-age students that are on vacation that are going to go out into the woods to, like, smoke and drink and have sex. And um, they, they meet them at a gas station, and the students immediately are like, oh, my God, look at these two redneck psychos. And... Um, and Dale ends up, who's sort of the fat, chubbier, you know, good-hearted one, <laughs> ends up embarrassing himself in, like, situations that, like, he's just hanging out, and he's hanging out with, like, a big scythe that's, like, fucking, he's standing on, leaning up against it. And he's like, hey, y'all, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, my God, get in the car, get away. <laughs> I love the laugh he does. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, and, you know, it, the, the whole movie is based around just misunderstandings of the uh, the the college students thinking Tucker and Dale are psycho hillbilly killers, and uh, Tucker and Dale thinking that the students are part of a suicide cult because <laughs> they're always end up they end up getting themselves killed, and they're like I don't know they're just killing themselves. This guy threw himself into a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Um, the, and, 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 you know, the plot sort of goes on from there. And it, and it follows, like, a legitimate plot. Everything about the movie is perfect because they have, like, an ongo a story that makes sense, characters that make sense. You know, they're, everybody's put into terrible situations. But you as a viewer uh, have a great time watching it. You know, there's dumb shit, like, people getting attacked by bees and <laughs> yeah. coming across a giant welt on their face. And, like, like there's so much nonsense and slapstick in the movie um, but at the same time, the characters play it seriously. Like, 
you as an audience member are having a good time, but the characters in the movie are having a horrible time. And I think that's where it works the best. And that they um, they played in a way that the action taking place makes sense in terms of the world they built. And the fun you have watching the movie is just, you know, being able to observe that world. And, and this is one of my favorite horror comedies I think I've ever seen. And I've watched this movie like seven or eight times, maybe more. Um, and, and, it, and it's just a treat every time I get to see it. Have, you, have both of you guys seen this one? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now, what do you think about Tucker and Dale? I love it. I really, do. I generally do love it. I have a lot of love for this film. Um, primarily because it is just so damn funny. Uh, yeah. You know, if like college kids and rednecks were to meet in the woods, this is how I would imagine it would happen. Yeah, this is exactly how yeah. I think they would perceive each other. Yeah. And <laughs> um, it's just so fucking funny. It really is. I mean, everything about it is just hilarious. And I can watch this film and I, I have sat down and introduced people to this film. And they've, you know, I just, I laugh at their reactions because I know when the laughs are coming up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I laugh at their reactions and I can laugh with them, but I'm laughing at their reactions when I watch it. And I think it's hilarious. And, yeah, you know, it's just some of the fucking lines that come up with that is just... Like you said, with the wood chipper incident, <laughs> Tucker's like, "You okay?" Yeah, and shit like that, and like pulls out his stumps and. Just, <laughs> I love you're dragging a half body yeah. across the road, <laughs> and a cop pulls up. <laughs> it's not what it looks like. No, it is just priceless, really priceless, <laughs> and it's just some of the kids how they get killed are just so funny. It really yeah. is. It's like the guy when he impales himself, and uh, the chick that um, Dale is with, and he's trying to help her out. And it's like they're watching them from afar. It's like, oh my god, they're making her dig her own grave and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then they go in for the attack, and basically he fucks over, and the spike goes into the ground, and he impales himself. And it's just fucking. It's just brilliant. It really is. And the one scene that really cracks me up after Dale has rescued Tucker from hanging upside down from the tree. Yeah. And the... Um, he, cut, he cuts his finger off the guy. Yeah. And uh, it's like the the uh, wooden spike um, sort of like falls down between Dale's legs. And he's like, there's times like this, I'm glad I'm not hung like a bear. And it's just <laughs> fucking stuff like that, man. It's just priceless. It really is funny. I love it. In fact, how about you, Mike? I love it so much. I might actually go and watch it again when I go upstairs. Oh, it's worth it. What do you think, Mike? I uh, I I really love this movie. I think it's like, I think Shaun of the Dead is probably like one of the best horror comedies of all time. Yeah. And I'd say Tucker and Dale vs Evil is like number two. I'd say. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. This is like the American Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And and instead of using you know zombie movies as its backdrop or its sort of fodder. Um, you know, it uses like slashers or Texas Chainsaw type uh, type films as, as sort of its its background movie to to have some fun with. Yeah. But yeah, much like Shaun of the Dead, the characters in Shaun of the Dead are all taking their situation they're in seriously. But you know, they're hilarious characters, and the antics that they have are uh, are just a good time. And and Tucker and Dale is much the same. It it does the same type of method, um, and I think it works extremely well. And um, I, the last time I watched this, so I watched it listening to the um, the commentary track on the uh, Blu-ray, 
and they have Tucker and Dale, the actors and the uh, the director on there, and the stories that they tell about some of the shit that happened on the set is almost just as funny as like the stuff that happens in the movie. Like these guys making the movie had like the best time ever because they knew how ridiculous the shit was happening that they were going through. But they, um, and a lot of times, a lot of the things that happen in the movie are because some prop didn't work or they couldn't get this like one thing to work right. So they had to shoot it around a certain way. And it's sort of like, um, the same type of thing you hear when they, when you hear Steven Spielberg talk about the making of Jaws that, oh no, the shark was supposed to be in the movie a whole lot more, but we couldn't get the fucking thing to work. So we never shot it. And it's like the same type of thing in this movie. They're like, oh, no, we were supposed to do a whole bunch, you know, more slapstick and more of this and more of that. But we couldn't get this prop fall to work and this thing couldn't happen. So we just substituted some lines in and it ends up being the funniest line in the movie. Um, it, 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 I, it's it's hysterical to, like, sit there and listen to. Um, but the movie itself is amazing. Uh, I love it. I love that you have that um, the the leader of the, the college kids, uh, uh, Chad who is just, like, the fucking douchiest guy you've, like, ever seen in your life. Like, as soon as you see him, it's like, this guy is the biggest douche. That's, and, uh, yeah, that's, it, like, one of my, like, the, the very slight problem I have with this. That's why I, I consider Shaun of the Dead a little better. Because even in Shaun yeah. of the Dead, even the people that you're supposed to, like, not like, you just fucking love. Because the whole, all the cast yep. of Shaun of the Dead's amazing. I, I had a pr- little bit of the problem with the the teenage cast of this movie like i think they made chat or chat or whatever his name is like too yeah. douchey like way too douchey i know that's probably what yeah. they're going for but it's i don't know that's his personal like a character caricature of douchiness yeah like, it was a little too much for me and but like uh tucker and Dale, like alan tudyk uh, he's amazing yeah, he deadpan hysterical. One of like, easily just, one of the best actors, like comedic actors of our time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, I, I I love I love so much of this movie. I even like uh, towards the end where um, where Dale sets himself up at you know it, it, he's got this like he has an Evil Dead moment where he goes in and he straps on all this stuff that he's like he's like I'm gonna go battle the guy and it's gonna be this huge conclusion he ends up tearing all the stuff off two seconds after he gets into the next room yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff like that just cracks me up but um but no I love this movie I, I recommend it to everyone um in terms of humor shit I, I give this movie a high nine maybe a ten like it is near perfection humor for me especially as a horror fan if you're a fan of the genre you like horror movies you're going to love this. If you're not a horror fan, um, you're still going to really like it. It's still really funny. You I mean, most people have seen a horror movie, so and they know all the tropes of horror movies, so you're going to have a good time watching this one. Um, scariness, it's, uh, it's not very scary at all. I mean, it turns a little bit tense towards the end when they sort of drop a lot of the shtick, and they're like, oh, he's got to go rescue the girl, and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's probably only like a, uh, a three, maybe three or four. I mean, there's, you know, there's some gore and you're like, oh my God, is somebody going to, you know, die this way? But you're looking forward to these people getting dispatched because that's part of the fun of the movie. So, so yeah, not very high marks on, on scariness, but absolute one of the best comedies. I love this fucking movie for, for humor. How about you guys? Yeah, I'd give it uh funniness. I'd give a nine out of 10. And um, scariness, I'd probably give it low because I don't think it's scary at all. Maybe like a four. Yeah. 
Right. I'd definitely give it a nine um, for the comedy, uh, for funny, and I'd give it a two for scary because it isn't very scary at all. It's just yeah. the predicaments they get themselves into are more comedic than anything. Right. I think we're all on the same page as this yeah. one. I mean, so excellent, excellent movie. Um, check it out if you want to have a good time and have a little, you know. It's funny, but there's still a little bit of gore going on. And I can't believe this movie isn't more popular. Aren't they supposed to do a sequel? They are, yeah. It got announced earlier on this year. Yeah, is I don't know if the uh, is the original director involved? Or... Yes, everyone who was originally involved with it is doing this. Movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I saw the director's making a new movie. His new movie, and I, I hope it is another like horror comedy type movie, because his new movie sounds fucking amazing. It's I said it's like a spoof of um, of the Omen essentially, and it's about a, a guy and his wife who uh, they discover their six year old may be the Antichrist, <laughs> and it's it stars uh, Evangeline Lilly who is the girl from uh, Ant Man, yeah, and fucking Adam Scott from Parks and Rec who is like the perfect choice for like a straight man in a comedy movie. I love him, and it's got a great cast that's in it too. It's, again, uh, Tyler Labine who plays Dale is in it, so you know he's gonna have some hilarious part. But I'm looking I, at I'm looking uh, for... Eli Craig's IMDb. It doesn't say he's connected at all to a Tucker and Dale vs. Evil sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But his his next movie, Little Evil, I'm looking forward to. And you know, something with Adam Scott is going to be hysterical. And based on the writer and director from <laughs> Tucker and Dale, I can't imagine it's not amazing. Oh, it has a fantastic cast. It looks awesome. So that's my Tucker and Dale. Um, I love it. And we'll uh, we'll go into Shane's uh, movie, final movie in the horror comedy section. Uh, Shane, you had Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Why don't yeah. you tell us about that? This film, um, to me, is one of those comedic gems that is, for me, on a par with Tucker and Dale. Um, it's just basically about a group of Cub Scouts, um, or how the film starts. It starts off at a science science lab, and um, there's got you've got this cleaner guy here i can't remember what his name is but he's been in a few things um that is, so he is quite recognizable um but he goes into this science lab and he's cleaning and starts chatting to the guy in there and um he's supposed to be cleaning up and the guy goes to this vending machine and you know he's uh it's like having problems with this vending machine and the cleaner guy accidentally sets off the alarm on the guy who's laying on the bed turns out because he looks at it and it's like date of death you know, so he just always just sees DOD and he starts calling the guy Dodd um, because he thinks that's his name. But um, <clears throat> basically, he sets him off and he reanimates him, and um, mm. you know, and much hilarity ensues. It's it's basically centered around a group of Cub Scouts and their scout leader, Scout Leader Rogers. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who plays him, um, but he's been in Forty Year Old Virgin, pretty much any film with um with uh, Seth Rogen he's been in pretty much any film Anchorman Yeah I'm looking I'm looking at yeah. it now it's a, it's David uh David Kuckner Yeah um, that's the one which, which who Mike you'll know from the office Yeah and um yep. um he was in uh what do you call it the uh Krampus Yeah yep I remember yep. Yep. That's it, yeah. yeah so um he's their scout leader and these basically these kids they're just like three teenagers you know, just three Cub Scouts fucking around and trying to do all their work and stuff. 
and unbeknownst to them, the entire entire town has been evacuated because of there's a zombie virus doing the rounds and like starts off with a zombie deer and um, like you know the scientist from the lab he attacks scout leader Rogers and all this kind of stuff. So it is pretty fucking funny in that aspect where all the situations they're in are, are really funny. Um, so you've got these scouts, they try and get beers because they've been invited to a party and um, obviously they can't get the beers so they get this homeless guy to go in and then the hot chick, the um, the uh, hot totty, as we like to call it in the UK, of the movie, um, rocks up wearing not much at all and she works in a strip joint across the street called the Prince of Alabia. Um <laughs> which I thought was I thought was brilliant. Um, That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically she um, she goes and gets these beers for these guys, and one of the kids sorts out her bag because she drops a bag, and uh, then they go off to back to the campsite to meet their friend Doggy, and it's like as they're leaving to go to this party, it's when they're driving around town they've realised the whole town's been evacuated, sort of thing. <laughs> they get to this. Uh, this 24-7 store and um, realise that it's all completely empty and then as we're about to leave they actually are parked outside Prince of Arabia and um, they decide they're going to go in because you know one of the kids like I just want to see some titties and uh, he goes in and that's when they discover that the town is, and is actually filled with zombies and um, how the two, two the three kids and the cocktail waitress from Prince of Arabia joined forces to try and get out of town and some of the shit they get up to is just fucking priceless. It's so funny. Like the old guy with the trampoline scene, um, that sticks in my memory more than anything because it's just so, it's so cringeworthy and so funny and you can't help but feel for this kid because they're basically escaping the house and how they escape the house is they climb out of the window and they jump on the trampoline to get over to the neighbours, into the neighbours garden and uh, as the last kid gets out he grabs hold of something because he's about to slip and as he turns around he doesn't realise that he's holding on to this like zombie dude's dick and he's pulling it and he's stretching it and he's trying not to fall and it's just the scream he lets out is so funny. It's mm. really, really fucking comical. But it's when he, because, you know, to spoiler alert, um, he actually pulls the guy's dick off and he bounces on the trampoline and then he sort of stands up. He's like, I've got it. And everybody else is like, ew. And he's still got the guy's dick in his hand. So he throws it over the wall and it lands in a zombie mouth. <clears throat> it is, it is brilliant it's so well done it's written by it's written or directed by two female two female um writers and um that was what was interesting about the whole thing because it was all written from a from a female perspective but the film itself is genuinely funny and i would rate that up i'd put it up there with um tucker and dale for me wow yeah mike have you seen this one uh no because uh I know a couple of people that saw it and they kind of told me the gist of it. And for me, it just seemed like 
too much filled with like dick jokes and everything. The director, uh, his name is Christopher Landon. He wrote like some paranormal activity movies, and it's just Oof. yeah. And I, I don't know. Those were written. Somebody wrote those. Yeah, he did uh, <laughs> uh, Paranormal Activity: The Marked Ones, or I like to call it the Mark of the Cholo, and uh, Paranormal <laughs> Activity Three. He wrote. I say that I have I have actually only seen. I think I saw the first one once. I haven't watched any of the others. I should. I really probably shouldn't talk shit about movies I have not watched. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing any of them. I'm not trying to talk shit about Scout's Guide, but from the trailers I've seen and from what my friends have told me, it just doesn't. It just seems like every other. Uh, like cliche zombie comedy movie where it's like filled with like crude humor and it's just like eh, not for me yeah I mean um, so I'm in the same boat I hadn't seen this as well um, but I have seen the trailer like you mentioned and to me you ever seen a movie called Dance of the Dead yeah I own that okay so I feel like this movie probably to me based on the trailer looks more like Dance of the Dead than it does something like Deathgasm yeah where I had a good time with Deathgasm but Dance of the Dead was like okay I get it it's a high school kids it's zombies and they're gonna figure out about them and rescue the girl and I don't and the more I say these words the more I think it sounds exactly like Deathgasm (laughs) yeah but um, I haven't seen it, and I mean, maybe it'll be a surprise to me. Maybe it'll be uh, uh, even better. Like Shane, you, you seem like you were pretty blown away by this one. Well, the first time, and I, the first time I watched it, it really did make me laugh, and I thought to myself, "Yeah, I need to watch this again just to see if it's really, really funny again." And every time I watch it, it gets funnier for me, and I really do enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a soft spot for it. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, uh, say nay to your soft spot because I have not seen it myself. But I'll, uh, I'll just go by your word. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out eventually. I don't think I actually have a copy of this, but so I'll pick it up sometime. I think what it is, so, how- I think what really works though is the camaraderie between the kids uh-huh. that are in the film, and that's what works. And it is really, really funny. It's like you got two good, fr- you got they're all good friends, but. Two of them are really cool, but one of them's a bit of a douche. Yeah. But it's so funny the way he is that, you know, his douchiness is quite hilarious. So it is one of those films to definitely watch. So, how would you rate it in terms of uh, comedy and horror? Comedy, I would give this a nine. Wow. Yeah. Horror, I would say it's about a five. Because there's some pretty. Really? Yeah, there is some pretty. Uh, gruesome scenes in it um, one scene uh, that springs to mind slight spoiler alert um, basically a zombie basically um, eats a girl out you know oh Jesus yeah um, but it's kind of re- it's really funny because she's sitting there because like, she thinks it's her boyfriend who's doing it and then she's like wow your mouth is kind of cold and then she looks down and sees it's a zombie and then he basically goes to town on her <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Steve just reminded me of one scene where um, basically they're trying to fight all these zombies around the house, and there's like a zombie um, who's got got false teeth. And um, she goes to chow down on one of the guys' ass, and her teeth fall out as she's about to do it. Oh my god. And he's like, oh my god, she's gumming my ass! (laughs) It's brilliant. 
Jesus. Yeah, it's 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 got some good jokes in it. Is there's some really funny stuff. The zombie cats um, from the trailer, they they just tickle me every single time I see it. It really does. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, two recommendations then. So that's pretty good. We got Steve on your Steve's on your side then. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. While he's playing his Star Trek game. All right. Awesome. Okay, Shane. So. Um... We'll have to look for, yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Um, is there anything else you guys want to go into for this episode or uh, anything you want to bring up? No, nothing that I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, nope. All right, excellent. Well, we'll wrap this one up again. Woohoo! And um, if you guys want to uh, get in touch with us and, and let us know why our opinions are terrible and how much Tucker and Dale sucks and how great Alien Covenant is, uh, you can email Shane. Um, just find his email somewhere because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but uh, if you <laughs> if you have anything else, you can uh, send us an email to uhmpod at gmail dot com. Well, you can um, send plenty of nudes because they love. Yeah, them. okay. It's, they really do love them. <laughs> Only for you, Shane. Only no, for no, you. No, you didn't see, specify I'm, I'm... male or female. I love female nudes. So yeah, Ooh, Shane I is love, right. I, love I do want well. to hear. I want to see nudes. I'll be an equal opportunity acceptor. I'll take whatever you got, folks. See? You send it in, I'll probably end up seeing it. Yeah, Ryan's not fussy. Animal no, that's nudes. Right. Ryan's gonna <laughs> yeah, animal, animal nudes. My animals run around this place naked all the time. Yeah, you should <laughs> check out livenudecats.com. Not that I should give it a plug, but yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Backslash Shane Smith. <laughs> Forward slash Mike Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this has been great, guys. Uh. <laughs> All right. So hit us on the Twitters. I'm at Ryan Tudelo. Shane is at Dead Cell Society 74. That's on Instagram. Uh, oh, that's Instagram. Yeah, Dead Cell <sighs> Society on um, Twitter. Oh, okay. No 74. Yeah. And uh, you could find us on the uh, UHM message board. Um, at upcominghorrormovies.com or on the UHM fans Facebook group. Just type that into Facebook and you'll find it. And um, yeah, hit us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Gmail, anyway, and uh, and we'll get back to you. So um, thanks everybody for listening. And if there's anything I'm forgetting, then we'll probably just hit it on the next episode. And if not, I'll Ooh. see everyone next time. Oh, nice. <laughs> little little rip right there at the end. That was quite bassy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Laters.